Welcome to Hakol Radio's Top 3 segment, where we discuss the top three news stories of the day. Hakol Radio, powered by the Muncie Mavasser and broadcasting live from Schlerko Studios in Muncie, New York. Number 1. Over the past 24 hours, Israeli forces have eliminated numerous PIJ and Hamas terrorists in operations across the Gaza Strip. In Khan Yunus, the central city, witnessing intense clashes in recent weeks, the army states that dozens of terrorists were killed in both airstrikes and close quarters combat. The 98th Division of the IDF, along with other IDF soldiers from the Gavadi and Paratrooper Brigades, is actively engaged in the operations. Apart from neutralizing the terrorists, the IDF troops have discovered weapons caches containing assault rifles, sniper rifles, grenades, and numerous magazines. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu announced that the army has successfully dismantled 17 out of 24 Hamas battalions, specifying that the remaining battalions are mainly situated in the Southern Strip and Rafah, and assuring that the measures, measures are being taken to address them. On Sunday night, February 4th, Hamas seemed inclined to reject a proposed deal that would release Israeli hostages without bringing a complete halt to the nearly four-month war in Gaza. A senior Hamas official informed Al Jazeera that internal discussions regarding the proposed agreement were ongoing. The official stated, quote, consultations with other factions regarding the proposals are ongoing and a response would be sent, quote, soon. Reports indicated that Yahya Sinwar, Hamas's leader in Gaza, would demand solid guarantees for ending the war and the withdrawal of Israeli troops before releasing additional hostages taken captive in the October 7th onslaught. Israel has maintained its stance against such withdrawals. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan emphasized on Sunday that the U.S. will vigorously advocate for the release of hostages held by Hamas. He mentioned that Israel has proposed a plan for the release amidst the ongoing conflict between Israel and Hamas. Speaking on Face the Nation, Sullivan expressed a view that a hostage deal leading to the release of hostages, including Americans, and creating a sustained pause in hostilities would be beneficial. Such a pause would allow for more, quote, life-saving assistance to reach people in Gaza. Sullivan emphasized that such an outcome is the national security interest of the United States. Quote, it's up to Hamas to come forward and respond to what is a serious proposal, Sullivan told NBC's Meet the Press. The coordinator of government activities in the territories, the COGAT, a unit in the Israeli Ministry of Defense that engages in coordinating civilian issues between the government of Israel and the Israeli Defense Forces, international organizations, diplomats, and the Palestinian Authority, responded to the claims of French Minister of Parliament Thomas Portes that Israel was blocking humanitarian aid from entering the Gaza Strip. Quote, humanitarian aid blocked while thousands of Palestinians die of hunger, Portes wrote on X in French. Israel is doing everything possible to prevent humanitarian aid from entering the Gaza Strip. Israel even uses, even refuses toys for children, he claimed. History will not forget. History never forgets. Kogat wrote in response, Respectfully, sir, all these trucks are waiting outside the Rafa crossing. They are after Israeli inspections waiting for organizations within Gaza to receive them. Israel does not limit the amount of humanitarian aid sent to Gaza, it added. Port is a left-wing minister of parliament from the France Unbowed Party has accused Israel of genocide in its attempts to defend itself following the Hamas massacre of October 7th and has sought to impose sanctions on fellow 
Minister of Parliament, Meir Habib, a Jewish member of the French Parliament. Israel's government has announced plans to bring 65,000 foreign workers from India, Sri Lanka, and Uzbekistan to resume construction activities that were halted since October 7. This pause occurred when Palestinian workers were sent home following the deadly attack by Hamas on southern Israel. Before the attack, approximately 72,000 Palestinian workers were employed on construction sites in Israel. However, for security reasons, the government laid them off and prohibited their entry into Israel. With the shortage of labor, nearly half of the country's construction sites have been forced to close down. Despite the ongoing challenges, about 20,000 foreign workers continue to work in the construction sector in Israel. The new influx of foreign workers from India, Sri Lanka, and Uzbekistan aims to address the labor shortage and resume construction projects that have been stalled since the October 7th incident. The Hezbollah terrorist organization has, been identif has identified three members who were killed in recent Israeli airstrikes on its locations in southern Lebanon. With these casualties, the total number of members killed in the terrorist group and the war in Gaza now stands at 182. The IDF targeted several Hezbollah sites in retaliation for ongoing attacks on northern Israel. In response, at least eight rockets were launched from Lebanon towards the Upper Galilee this morning. Fortunately, there were no reported injuries. These attacks persist as Hezbollah and affiliated terrorist groups continue their assault. Number two. New York City Mayor Eric Adams' administration will soon start handing out prepaid credit cards to migrant families being put up in New York City hotels. This is coming from the New York Post. The $53 million pilot program run by the New Jersey company Mobility Capital Finance will provide asylum seekers arriving at the Roosevelt Hotel with the city cash to help them buy food, according to city records. It'll start with a group of 500 migrant families in short-term hotel stays and will replace the current food service offered there, according to City Hall. The cards can only be used as at bodegas, grocery stores, supermarkets, and convenience stores, and migrants must sign an affidavit swearing that they will only spend the funds on food and baby supplies or they will be kicked out of the program. The immediate response card initiate initiative appears akin to the state's food stamp program, dubbed SNAP, which provides lower-income New Yorkers with a credit card to cover the cost of meals and will provide funds based on the same scale. The amount on each card will vary depending on the size of the family and whether any income is coming in, according to the details of the contract. A family of four, for instance, could be provided nearly $1,000 each month, each month, which comes out to $35 per day for food. Cards will get refilled every 28 days. Hard-up residents of city housing were given the same type of cards last year to pay for holiday dinners. If the program is a success, the city will expand will expand the program to all migrant families staying in hotels, which is roughly 15,000 currently. Not only will this provide, fam provide families with the ability to purchase fresh food for their culturally relevant diets and baby supplies of their choosing, says a New York City spokesperson, but the pilot program is expected to save New York City more than $600,000 per month, or more than $7.2 million annually, says Adams spokesperson Kayla Mamalik. The city has been shelling out $11 per meal to feed migrant families in hotels, something that's long posed a problem as some asylum seekers from various countries in Central and South America, Africa, and Europe may be looking for a taste of home. Just last month, the controversial company DocGo was found to be wasting thousands of dollars on uneaten meals. Migrants confessed to the New York Post 
In the days after that, they would rather cook their hotel in their hotel rooms because the provided meals were so, quote, bad. News of the prepaid car pro card program comes a day after the Post revealed another $137 million in contracts with city hotels to provide more than 750 rooms to asylum seekers with families. The city is housing just over 66,000 asylum seekers after 1,500 more arrived last week as part of a crisis that is expected to cost $10 billion through 2025. Number three. The lead GOP negotiator for the Senate Border Security Bill, Senator James Langford of Oklahoma, responded to widespread criticism of the bipartisan legislation as some warn it could be, quote, dead on arrival if it reaches the House. House Speaker Mike Johnson and Majority Leader Steve Scalise, alongside other prominent GOP critics, have voiced their opposition to the $118 billion spending package, claiming it doesn't go far enough to curb illegal immigration. But Senator Langford urged critics to read the bill, arguing it will create a, quote, faster and stronger system of deportation and will, quote, flip the script on Biden's immigration policy. He has repeatedly argued that a critically misunderstood portion of the bill stems from how illegal crossings would be handled. The deal, which took months to negotiate, is aimed at gaining control of an asylum system that has been overwhelmed by historic numbers of migrants coming to the border. The bill proposal the bill proposes an overhaul to the system with tougher and quicker enforcement measures. If the number of illegal border crossings reaches above 5,000 daily for a five-day average, an expulsion authority would automatically kick in so that migrants are sent back to Mexico without an opportunity to make an asylum claim. If the number reaches 4,000, presidential administrations would have the option of using the expulsion authority. President Biden, referencing the authority, has said he would use it to, quote, shut down the border as soon as the bill is signed into law. Republicans spent last week campaigning against the bill before the text was even released, with Speaker Johnson warning the package was dead on arrival. Thanks for tuning in to the Top 3 segment live on Hako Radio, and have a great day.